folks and we just wanted to calm it down just a li- little bit with Lewis Capaldi uh, there at the, the end of the last section because we were getting in a lot of um, uh, messages saying that you know it, it's good that we're speaking about issues surrounding you know taking knee and discrimination sport again we cover a lot of these topics all the time uh, simply because well why not there's something to be afraid of we can speak openly about it and um, if we're right we're right we're wrong we're wrong but we'll always put our hands up and say we were right or we were wrong and actually if we're right we'll go woohoo we were right. Okay. Um, folks, uh, again, in just a little over 10 minutes, that Liverpool-Leicester City game will be kicking off. So again, as Andy Mack said, he is looking for at least a draw. He can't see Liverpool winning it, but then you never know. Andy has been on a good run of form in the last little while, so we'll back him on that. Um, okay. 
This past week, just a couple of days ago, a huge scandal broke out um, and it was almost like a manufactured scandal because of a video um, that lasted for three minutes shown to the Irish football team just ahead, in the dressing room, ahead of their game with England in Wembley. Um, it seemed to have leaked out. It, it, it grew legs. It ran around the place. Of course, it was covered by the Daily Mail, who are great friends of our show, um, <laughs> in, the, in, in, the, in the most flexible sense of that word. Um, and it... it, it Kind of pitched up a lot of this, like um, you know, hatred and all these things that were coming, you know, back uh, thousands of years, hundreds of years, and even thirty years, saying that you know the Irish are terrorists and so on and so forth. And it was a very difficult thing to think about. Thinking, well, hold on, you're trying to g up or like you're trying to motivate your team before a game. You're going to use a lot of things. You, you're, you're not going to use racial slurs. That's just out. Um, but you're going to try and get them into a place where they're going to go and try and perform. Now Ireland went on to lose anyway, but. Um, you know, just what went on in that dressing room that was so bad that a player apparently uh, got upset about it, but they didn't get it. We're only taking the Daily Mail's word for it. So, again, we're still waiting to find out. I'm going to go straight away because um, I have uh, Eastold, Andy, and Andy, and, of course, Jonathan Higgins. Jonathan, I want to go straight to you right now, Jonathan. Um, what was on the video, or we still don't know yet, and how was that whole situation received in Ireland? Yeah, it's a bit of a storm in a teacup, really, situation than the last week or so that this has seemed to have uh, come out of no place. And the, the timing is very ironic as well. I know you want to speak about Bloody Sunday, uh, maybe a little later on in the show, but just the, the timing that this has happened in the week is, is another layer of irony to it. Um, the only way I can best describe it is I don't think it's people that are that irate about the, the substance to the video that was shown. I think it's more of a let's try and chip away at the new manager approach here because I, for whatever reason, and I have to confess, maybe this is my own personal bias, that I can't get my head around it, but there still does appear to be a lot of um, goodwill and a lot of... Um, eagerness really that and disappointment that Mick McCarthy is no longer in his role as a senior manager which I have to confess I find a little boggling especially when you look at the results and the way things were going under his last reign and even more so with some of the things that he's kind of said and done um, since he's departed the role um, there is always a little kind of split down the middle I think when you when you look at it almost like a, to quote the war porn a civil war when it comes to Irish football I think it's people that genuinely have an interest and follow the Irish League as opposed to those that don't and that split seems to be getting wider and wider and I think if you look at the, the football pundit on the street and um, people that are having involvement with League of Ireland are still inclined to kind of grin and bearers and let Stephen Kenny have a, a fair crack at the whip those that, that have no interest in the league appear no let's get him out he's uh, it's he's sinking here he, this isn't working out so it's it's a strange one really and of course look Ireland, England, if they play each other in a game of conquerors or whatever the equivalent of the combat it is, there's always going to be history there. You can't, I'm not one to a big, uh, say, Republican mind in, in, in terms of that I consider myself a pretty modern outlook. But at the same time, you can't, you can't um, wipe clean history's history. It's not going to change um, the way you can talk about it, perhaps. But the biggest thing for me really is what are people, are people offended that uh, this happened, all this stuff happened in previous times, or yeah. they found it, I've been reminded for it. It's, it's just a very, very strange one, and the fact that we're having this conversation 
around a footballer manager and a football appointment just makes it even stranger for me. I know. I mean, Andy Mack, you're you're um, nominally Scottish. No, I'm joking, of course. You are Scottish. Uh, I've seen your kilt, and I haven't seen what's under it, but uh, I take your word for it, um, Andy. Um, do teams need to be G'd up and reminded about, like, you know, 800 year, years of perfidious Albion, or should they just go out and play the game? Anything that makes Shane Duffy uh, even close to a footballer is worth worth a try, in my, in, in my opinion. Um, I, I, I mean, it, it, it boils down to, like Jonathan said, history's history. You can't change it. What, are we going to start saying that you can't review last season's game because it might offend one of the defenders that had a terrible game in it. Of course not. Um, it's ridiculous that, and I, I think there's a line maybe that you could draw that certainly from my experience when I was playing cricket as a youngster where maybe a coach is saying you should target a certain person or you should target someone and go out to harm them. That's that's a different line. But I think anything that is going to inspire a team to win and it should stay in the dressing room. I think the problem here is that perhaps uh, now with international football, not everyone is from the same nation. Again, and therefore you have um, with yeah. international football now. Yeah. That's, um, that's it. Not Andy. everyone is necessarily Irish or not necessarily Scottish or um, Scotland have an Australian. You have to be, you know, you're you're, you're sandling and tiptoeing around certain issues that might offend someone all of a sudden. Again, that is it, because a lot of the Irish players would have been, well, not, not a lot, someone would have been born in England, or, but of course of Irish heritage. Uh, the sneering went on then, of course, by some people like, you know, Kevin McKenzie, that, oh, like, look at the Irish, they are, you know, they're not even Irish, they're sort of, you know, they're more English than Irish and so on and so forth. And we know that, like, a couple of players had chosen to play for England instead of Ireland. Okay, they, they, they chose that, fair play to them. Um, Andrew Flint, uh, asking you, it, 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 it seems unfair uh, in one way to say, like, you know, is, is it fair for people to sort of target England with this? Do teams need to do this? But is it is it kind of like that, you know, England should be honoured by this, that teams need to sort of remind themselves of history to G themselves up to go out and take on the, well, for example, the best rugby team in the world? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I think the main issue here is, it's like the others have alluded to, that it's not the material that I am particularly offended as an Englishman. It is simply the fact that it's been leaked out of the dressing. For me, that is a far more um, serious issue. I mean, okay, would everybody have chosen to be particularly political about it? Possibly not, but then not everybody has come from the same background with the same history. There are different people with different motivations. Now, of course, English media and one of our favourite, favourite members of the English media, Mr. Kelvin McKenzie, of course, <laughs> he jumped on this like a, well, uh, Andy might will come up with a, a better synonym <laughs> than I could and probably would be distasteful, but something that gets on something very quickly. He wasted no time in trying to list all of the callous things that the and he, he uses offensive language. I don't really want to repeat, but I mean, instead of referring to Ireland, he refers to, well, offensive words, should we say. That yeah. situation doesn't matter. That doesn't help the situation in any way whatsoever. And it glosses over the entire history of, well, what has been centuries that uh, we could go into. In terms of what's needed to motivate your players, um, I think it is up to the manager quite frankly. Uh, if the players are offended by it, talk to them in-house, inside the dressing room, don't leak it. If you have a problem, talk to the manager and don't leak it. 
Okay, uh, Esel, to you, I mean, should maybe Tipperary have been motivated by the great, you know, atrocities laid on them by Galway in, in, in the past yesterday to try and motivate them to be a little bit better and beat Galway into hurling? Do you know what the thing is? And like, maybe perhaps it is an Irish mentality because of the way the GA is structured. I actually commented yesterday that one of the Tipperary players, if he was to perhaps fall out his front door the wrong way, he'd be in Galway, just geographically where he's from. And it's that level in like, I can remember as a child, even when we were playing rival clubs, the things that were said about your neighbours who you're seeing at mass a week later, you wouldn't repeat them. Like, I think the motivation issue here is history is history. You motivate players by saying about a former game, about former injuries that were incurred or former losses. I completely think you can motivate people in a way that doesn't need to be political. And that certainly, I wonder how much of an element of the overall video that was supposedly shown is political. And I think the difficulty here is that we have two completely contrasting attitudes. People are going and giving out about Stephen Kenny and showing a political video. Yes, his target audience might have been offended to some extent. But at the same time, today, Tipperary went out and I know I've already mentioned our win and how we've stopped focusing on the hurling. We're now going to be footballers. But we went out wearing jerseys to commemorate Bloody Sunday in 1920. Now, I don't want to say... Like, what is the difference in the two? You're motivating with history and it's okay for us to motivate with history in another. I think the issue here is if players are being motivated, if something is said in a changing room, in a dressing room, or in the context of a one-off, get people psyched up for a sporting event, you don't go and repeat it. If you're offended, you take that issue internally. You do not go to someone who, you know, is going to spread it in a malicious way that's damaging. This week, Eddie Jones referred to Ireland as the United Nations. That was our collective rugby team. Where is everyone going? Well, you know, I'm presuming that uh, the RFU are going to look into Eddie Jones now because that seems like, you know, slightly racist in its undertones. But that's not what's happening. Yeah, again, it it does seem to be a little bit unbalanced. Um, I'll I'll start off, Issa, with you in the final, like, uh, I'll give you each a minute to sort of uh, round things up for me. Issa, I'll start with you. Um, What, what, you know, should what goes on in a dressing room stay in a dressing room? I won't even need the minute. Yes, Um, I think so. I think (laughs) if you have a problem with the manager, the same if you have a problem with your boss. You take it to your boss. You don't go, I'm going to go down the road find a newspaper reporter unless it's a very serious matter and you feel that you cannot go to someone in authority the way the FAI is structured there are people and channels there now for you to actually go and speak to or at least speak to other teammates otherwise this could have been avoided on the next occasion it could have been said look sorry I find this offensive please don't do this again we don't really play England that often so I'm sure it won't come up too regularly okay um Andrew Flint um do you think that, you know, okay, fair enough, that maybe we should just like let bygones be bygones and just focus on which of the opposition team's legs we need to break? Well, I put it this way, what, what he sort of said, I agree with completely. It, it shouldn't need, um, it shouldn't need to be uh, a deep political historical thing. You're a sportsman first and foremost. But I, I think the sanctity of a dressing room is absolutely paramount. And and again, it's it, it should only ever um, it should only ever be an issue if you don't agree or you're offended by how the manager's trying to motivate you. It should unless you are 
you feel like you're being victimized or bullied or picked out and it, it won't affect anything, then sure, go to somebody. But even then, don't go to the press, don't go to the media. Um, I mean, bygones be bygones, that's not a sporting issue for me. That's a, that's a political issue, that's a historical educational issue. Um, and by that, I mean, no, it shouldn't be, you know, you can't just brush over what has happened. Um, but in a sporting context, um, if the manager chooses to do that, it's his choice. I'm not saying I agree with it, but it's his choice. Whatever happens in the dressing room, without sounding too much like a, a lad's rugby holiday, stays in the dressing room. Andy, Mike, what's the worst thing you've heard used in a dressing room to motivate people before a game? Uh, the the worst thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're opening up the air for you before the the, the water. It's after the watershed, so <laughs> have at it, Andy. Um, I, I I think probably the worst thing would be allegations of um, someone on the opposite team doing intimate things with um, somebody's mothers <laughs> or fathers or relatives. Or um, that's probably the worst I've heard. Um, I mean, we're going through such a, a strange era at the moment um, in terms of politicising sport. We, you, you guys were talking about taking the knee before. Um, what goes on in the dressing room should stay in the dressing room. But, I mean, there's, there's so much of a, a political element already to sport that if, if, if that upsets you, I mean, I, I don't know what we're doing. Jonathan, finally with you, uh, with a minute, because you're given a, a very uniquely Irish, um, you know, especially from, from the Irish media side, and you cover all sports. You, like, I mean, I, I love what you do um, from League of Ireland to yesterday in Crow Park. You, you do it all, plus being a Liverpool fan for, for your sins. But do you think that maybe that this has all been blown, you know, kind of like out of proportion, and there are people who would like to see the back of Stephen Kenny? Well, without doubt. I don't think that's even a, a question at this stage. Um, the fact that this issue is in the press uh, and has had some of the reaction that has had um, is absolutely, maybe I'm completely off the track, but this is a an anti-Stephen Kenny stance and this is a, a seen as an opportunity to try and get a dig at him and try and take him down a, a notch or two and perhaps ultimately try and get him re- removed from the position. Um, I don't think you can question that in, in the slightest because otherwise we wouldn't even be talking about this. So, yeah, that, that's uh, that's an absolutely no-brainer from my point of view. OK, listen, thank you guys for your input today. Jonathan is staying with us. He's coming back, of course, after the break with us. We're going to have a discussion about Bloody Sunday, kind of carrying on the topic about this. And, of course, uh, we will also have John Murphy, the new chair of Get Games Europe, on after Jonathan so uh, this is going to be a very interesting fifth uh, folks we're going to get to the break right now with um, well kind of a, a sort of a bit of an upbeat one because we were kind of serious in the last two segments and we're going to lift it up a little bit we will bring it down of course in the next segment but you're going to enjoy this this is Katie Tunstall and Suddenly I See back after this Capital Sports with Alan Moore
see her eyes looking from the page of a magazine. She makes me feel like I could be a tower, big stone tower. Yeah, about to be, about to give, about to see. Yeah, yeah. ФМ. Пять лет. В честь праздника мы запустили акцию Дай 5. Дай 5. Give me five. Хочешь получить беспроводные наушники, планшет, умные часы или даже крутой смартфон? Нет, уже 12. Все просто. Подпишись на инстаграм Capital FM. Лайкни пост с анонсом главного приза недели и отметь под ним пятерых друзей. Поздравляем, ты стал участником розыгрыша. Далее лови подсказки в эфире и получи шанс выиграть один из главных призов. Не получилось? Не расстраивайся. Есть еще куча поощрительных каждый день. Подробности акции на сайте capitalfm.moscow и в наших соцсетях. Не является публичной офертой. Folks, yesterday, uh, 100 years ago, the 21st November 1920, um, we, we've heard it many times uh, in Ireland this, this weekend, and yes, of course, uh, an absolutely wonderful oration in Crow Park, our main stadium. 14 people went to watch a game of football and didn't come home. Uh, three of them were, were young boys, and one was a bride-to-be one week out from her wedding who decided to go to a match with her fiancé to kind of get away from, uh, as Michael Foley told me, the, the madness of the wedding preparations. And uh, she was shot and then trampled to death. The attack on the fans who went to watch a football game, a football game between Tipperary and Dublin in Crow Park, was in revenge for the murder of the so-called Cairo gang who were sent over by Churchill to kind of put manners and infiltrate the Irish uh, rebels uh, in 1920. Um, so in revenge, they basically went down, um, believing that at this place where there were a lot of Irish people gathering, that they would be uh, all terrorists or rebels. Um, it turned out not to be the case. Um Their last night covering it was uh, a, a man who just spoke to us a few minutes ago, Jonathan Higgins. Jonathan, I watched back and I watched the clips of Brendan Gleeson, for example, doing the oration. It was massively touching. How was it to be in Crow Park last night? Um, yeah, well, look, firstly, um, to be at Crow Park, um, given the current pandemic, is a privilege at the best of times. But I did, I have to confess, I felt really, really fortunate to be there last night. Um, about an hour before the kickoff, 
And bear in mind, this is Saturday evening in Dublin, in, in, in almost in wintertime. So floodlights were all on. It was pretty much we were relying on the artificial light. They turned off all the lights in the stadium. Um, so the whole stadium pretty much went pitch dark, um, dark even. And then on the on the Hill 16, the terrace behind the goal, um, they had like a like a makeshift stand um, um, set up. And then they they set a light, uh, 14 lights for represent each of the Paris peoples that were sadly killed on that day. And they had a very, very moving ceremony. And I have to say, I wouldn't consider myself, not that I could claim it to be macho or, or anything like that, but I, I wouldn't consider myself to be an emotional person. But I had shivers, I had goosebumps um, thinking, of it, thinking of it and watching it. It was a very, very classy, both emotional uh, and definitely heart-wrenching um I suppose commemoration really to the to the, the events of the past and it was uh, I repeat it was a privilege to be there to witness it firsthand. Um you know yesterday I I was at the uh, it was a, a forum called Lessons from Nuremberg because it's the 75th anniversary of the Nuremberg trials uh, that ended world or at the end of World War 2. Um and I spoke about you know, in Ireland, we have this brand that we've kind of, we, we want to try and move past it and we don't want to focus on the past. Uh, in the last section, of course, we discussed we're using former games against England when we won, when we scored goals against England. Um, and kind of the, the history between the two countries was used to sort of like motivate players or an attempt to motivate players. Um, this then seemed to, it almost seemed, as you said in the last segment, planned almost to almost downgrade the, the, the Bloody Sunday commemoration. But for a long time, Bloody Sunday was just something very abstract and we only focused on the footballer from Tipperary who was killed. But last night uh, and the last little while with the work of the uh, the history committee, the, the Bloody Sunday um, committee within the GAA and Michael Foley and Keen Murphy, they kind of brought to light the other people who were forgotten who were killed as well on that day. Yeah, again, I have to say, from a personal point of view, I got down to the ground early um, yesterday, parked up in the, the car park behind the canal, so I walked up past the canal, and I have to say, I it's not something I, I obviously knew the commemoration was going to be happening, but it's not something I overly, I suppose, studied or kind of had much thought in my mind. I was probably more being selfish, I pulled my hands up and just... You know, preparing the information that I needed to know for in terms of reporting and interviews and and whatnot. But I just came up and along just past the canal and came up by the back of the of the Cusick stand uh, and just at one of the entrances. And I actually just stopped in my step for a moment and I looked. They had a photograph of each of the fourteen people died. An individual photograph reached them, just placed outside underneath one of the Crow Park signs. And it just that's when it really really hit me. It was like Jesus, like. This is this is real here. Look, these are all these innocent people. This it just really it it just cut, it cut me at that moment. And obviously, as you said, we knew we've we known about that spot over and over at the other side of the pitch under the Hogan stand um, where Hogan was was killed. But you're right, the rest of it came to life. And then there was a very touching um, video um, played uh, on the at the ground there yesterday as well. I think it's, it's available online as well. The GA Twitter were were sharing it. Um, the last couple of days, well worth the watch as well. But just a move and classy tribute and kind of the story behind the story. And yeah, no, there was a lot of. Uh, I have to say, from a personal point of view, it did uh, it did open up. Not a lot of open up a lot of wounds, but it definitely touched a, a nerve with me and, and made me more aware of the situation. 
Um, I mentioned just before uh, you come on, Jane Boyle, the 26-year-old from Dublin, um, who was a butcher shop assistant uh, who was killed that day, a week away from her wedding. Um, and yesterday when I, was, when I was speaking at this forum, you know, I, I, I was thinking of the, the three boys, Jerome O'Leary, who's, who was 10, um, William Robinson, who was 11, and John William Scott, who was 14. Now, Will, Jerome O'Leary was lifted up onto a wall, um, you know, to, to, to be kept safe during the game, so you have a better view because he's only a wee little fella. And he was shot and fell off the wall. And uh, I think William Robinson was, he was in a tree with the best view of the game. He was shot and, uh, you know, obviously killed as well. Um, and then I, I got to thinking that, you know, my own son, Tim, uh, I've been bringing him to Co Park and bringing him to Loco and, you know, Luzhniki and wherever maybe for years since his little baby, he was at, you know, stadiums. Actually, I should say he was at soccer grounds before he was at Gaelic grounds. And I never once thought that, good God, you know, something might happen and we'll never go home. Yeah, look, it's the old cliche that you referenced at the start of the intro there that, like, nobody should ever go to a football game and not go home and... Sadly, like uh, we've seen that in full flow when we were wrong, reminded of ourselves. And that was the thing as well. Um, I got flashbacks to myself as a childhood, um, like you describing with your own son there. But me being brought to games by my parents and uh, like it just came to me, what happened if like if I couldn't come home? I don't know why. It's just all these. Yeah. It just opened up a lot of different emotions. But yeah, no, it's a, a very, very reflective and a very powerful, I suppose, display and commemoration really was at Crow Park last night. I mean, I, I discussed this with uh, John Horn, the, the outgoing GA president there back in, it would have been April, um, and we discussed Hillsborough and the situation there because they, he was coming back from a game, a Gaelic football match, and the lads were watching the game uh, on TV. Um, and, I mean, that, that, that's how, that affects Liverpool until now. And then if we look further back, we have Heysel and we have all these disasters. We had the attack on the Stade de Paris, of course. Luckily, the, the fans inside, there was only one unfortunate security guard was killed. But then the, the Bataclan as well, when you had this attack there. Um, should, should, you know, should this be something that unites us as fans, that we should, you know, that we should appreciate each other more? Because to take away the, the tri, you know, tribalism is great, but in another way that, you know, we're actually are going and we're very, very lucky to, to, to enjoy this all together. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I was uh, very, uh, I suppose, pleased with last night as well, because, as you said, it would have been very easy to make this like look the reality of the situation, yes, there was a civil war going on, so there was a lot of back and forth. Uh, and it would be very easy to make this whole event, say, a very anti-British uh, event, for want of a better word. And there's a political angle that you could take. And look, we're not even going to go there on this discussion. But there was none of that. I didn't feel for one second that um, that came to light in any uh, of the of the uh, commemoration last night, which was I was most pleased with what I have to say because had it been had it been used as just as a kind of up your sort of approach, I think it would have been you know almost disrespectful for the people that that passed away sadly in that day, and it would have op- it had would have opened a lot more wounds up. This was done in a way that yes, it was informative, but it was more of a it was more of a pay, pay some respect because look, the last thing you want to do is is open up more wounds and um, and lead down to potential more more aggro in the future. Which some people, if you are that political minded, um, may maybe want to head down. It's it's not for me. I'm very much of the opinion that we t- it's time to move on uh, with things as well. So that was I have to say that was very pleasing because that was my first kind of when I heard at times I have to confess when I heard that there was going to be. 
you know, a, a big big event planned that, you know, we don't want to go down this very easy, lazy route. And I have to say, Mike McFoley and uh, Brendan Gleeson and all the people involved, it was done very in a very, very classy affair. Yeah, again, I, when I brought it in, I did mention, I put into context of the, the assassinations of this, the, the Cairo gang, these spies were sent over to put manners on the Irish and to break into the Irish, um, you know, kind of the rebel network. Um, and this was a, rep- a reprisal killings. Um, John, before we, before we let you go, um, what what do you think we should take out of this? Apart from sort of, okay, that we've, we've marked the past, what should we as people uh, take out of this? Um, you know, what lesson have we learned? It's it's hard to answer that one, really. Like, um, you never want to see a repeat of those circumstances that, that those events happened. And hopefully now we've got into a situation, yes, you might feel that there is a little rumblings with, some political moves, but and the world is, is sometimes in a, in a very politically unstable environment, or potentially unstable environment at times. You just never really want to to go to situations like that where these events are happening. I think you have to value human life a lot, a lot more. That there can't be pawns in a in a political argument. That is the is the biggest one. And hopefully, it's a hundred years on. Hopefully, in a hundred years' time, we're looking at we're not looking back uh, on um, you know a horrific event that we're looking back at a positive event and we're. Everybody's going to make the world a better place, I guess. Listen, Jonathan, thank you so much for that. And uh, we're going to, of course, we're going to get Jonathan back on a couple of weeks as well to have a bit of a chat. Um, we're going to go in just a moment to Amsterdam and to John Murphy, uh, the chair of Gated Games Europe. Um, before we do, of course, I just want to mention that there are KHL games on uh, tomorrow. Uh, Tsiska are playing at home against Sibir Novosibirsk. Uh, that is at 7.30. There are some tickets available for that. Um, going to go straight now to John Murphy. John, uh, a very welcome to your Russian debut. How are you doing? Hello, John, can you hear me? Can you hear me okay? Hear you loud and clear. Listen, John, um, I'm going to just, first of all, just congratulate you on uh, becoming the new chair of Gaelic Games Europe. Um, can I just ask you straight away, uh, how big is Gaelic Games in Europe? Well, Alan, I think it's starting to establish itself significantly and hopefully growing as the years come. Uh, We're about 90 clubs spanning 24 countries right now. And I think as we start to get more and more locals and natives in these countries involved, I think we'll be hoping to expand well past the 100 in the next few years. Okay, that is that is great, great news, especially for native players. Um, John, uh, on that uh, with Gaelic Games Europe, how has COVID affected the season? Because I know that a lot of you know, players haven't even been able to get out and have any matches at all. Yeah, I mean, probably significant, similar to other sports. You know, I believe the Galicians are now training with sports masks right now. So, you know, I'm happy that some of our players can get out and train. I think some of the other regions had the opportunity for a few friendlies there when we had a bit of respite before the second lockdown. But yeah, I think, 2020 was disrupted significantly, similar to other sports in the region. Um, John, um, I want to. We've just been speaking with Jonathan Higgins about the Bloody Sunday commemoration, um, and of course the the European clubs. I know your own club in Amsterdam 
uh, were absolutely on point with this as well yesterday. Tell, can you just tell us what, what uh, took place around Europe yesterday to kind of the mark, the, um, basically to show these people who passed away the way home? Yeah, so I think this, I mean, the GAA at home kind of led the initiative with John Horne kind of putting out, uh, you know, a beautiful way of commemorating it with the lighting a candle at dusk. And, you know, like the GGE is just an extended part of the GAA family. So, yeah, throughout Europe, people were lighting candles at dusk here and, you know, sharing it on the, the club's social media page. And, you know, sharing that for maybe people that might not know the history or the significance, you know, that might be, you know, natives to understand probably, you know, one of the most iconic events in our association's history, you know. So it's an opportunity to share a little bit of our history um, with both, you know, our Irish comrades, but also people further abroad as well. No, again, it's a very, very good point. It's sort of, it's a bit of education, but again, of like kind of what brings us all together. Because I know that, you know, around Europe, and not just in Europe, but around Europe, there are a lot of uh, British people who are extremely active in Gaelic games. I know here in Moscow, our PRO is, you know, well, she's she's um, Anglo-Irish. She's like a British, but of our or English of Irish descent. Yeah. Um, John, uh, before we, we, we head away, because I know you're going to be back with us for the, for the quiz in the next segment. Uh, before we go away, I just want to ask you, um, what's the situation like right now in Holland, in Amsterdam? How, how are the restrictions uh, biting on everyday life? So I would say, you know, f- fortunately, my job, I'm able to work remote, but a lot of other people have been much more severely re- uh, restricted, you know, restaurants. Um, have now been closed in bars for the last four weeks. And I think you're starting to see, you know, it's kind of a weird time, right? We had a bit of hope there with the vaccine. I think the optimists in us were kind of optimistic that this might, you know, help speed up a solution. But there's also, you're starting to see the significant effects of it in terms of economic repercussions of this second lockdown. So I think it's muted right now in terms of the response we're not you know the optimists are hoping that the vaccine will come soon but you know the realists i think are starting to see the economic repercussions of the whole situation okay listen john thank you very much you're going to come back with us in the uh sixth so thank you for that and of course the very best of luck for the coming year and i know that next year is going to be an awful lot better for gge yeah, thanks very much. And can I just uh, wish Isa, as a Corkman, congratulations on the win okay. today. You can do it in the next segment. She'll be there as well. You, oh, she'll, she'll be ready to slack you off. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Thanks, John. Oh, great. Cheers. <laughs> okay, that is John Murphy, the new chair of Gaelic Games Europe. Folks, we're going to the break right now and then coming back with a big, fat, filthy quiz. This is an oldie but a greatie. Not just a goodie, a greatie. This is the calling and wherever you will go. Back after this with a big, fat, filthy quiz. Sports with Alan Moore. So lately, been wondering who will be there to take my place when I'm gone. You'll need love to light the shadows on your face. If Sand and 
quite how my life and love might still go on in your heart, in your mind. I'll stay with you. Welcome back, folks, to the final. And many, I've just got a message at the end from people on plus seven ninety five one 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 zero five three, saying that they are now they're actually they switched on the second half of the show. They're very impressed with our speakers so far, and they really switched on for the big fact filthy quiz. Now, before I do get to that, I do have to uh, say that Liverpool are one up thanks to an own goal by Johnny Evans. I don't know why I'm so jolly. I'm I'm not jolly. I'm just kind of giving you the, the interest, and I'm kind of built up as well for the big fat filthy quiz so Johnny Evans an own goal 26 minutes gone that game it is 1-0 Liverpool over Leicester City in the NFL uh, the Bungles are 9-7 up against the awful Washington football team sorry Alexander about that the Steelers are hammering Jonathan Higgins Jacksonville Jaguars 17-3 and our very own Browns. They are leading 7-6. 7-6. It looks like a rugby score in the third. Just uh, 12 minutes to go in that against the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, so I'm going to uh, check in with our our untouchables around the world, uh, well, around Europe at the moment. So I will begin by calling in Double N. Double N, you're there? Yeah, yep. And uh, Double N, I just want to ask you, uh, do you you know what um, Turkmenistan and North Korea have in common? Uh, I'm really having difficulty in answering that. I'm, I'm wondering what's that. <laughs> okay, I'll let someone else answer that. No, well, actually, they uh, they the only two countries in the world without any COVID uh, cases. Isil Cody, oh, you are there and still celebrating your win uh, today. I certainly am. Okay, that is good. Andy Mack, you are there and on your best behaviour. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. Derek Bozambia, you're there and ready? I am. Always ready. Very good. John Murphy, you have returned. You haven't uh, You haven't uh, despairingly left us. No, despite how bad the weekend has been for Cork. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, it's only 50 50 for tip people, but you, 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 have, people, but you, you, have, you have something to say to Easel, I believe. He's saying congratulations in his head. Okay, somebody, we're getting an echo, so someone has uh, a radio on the background, have they? No? Now now it is better again. Okay, and finally, Andrew Flint, you are there with us as well, I hope. 
I certainly am. I'm my best behaviour, unlike Andy Mack. Very good, unlike Andy Mack. Okay, right. So, uh, round one is about J League, the Japanese top league uh, teams. Okay, so I'm going to give you the city. You give me the name of the team. So, straight away, uh, double N, Urawa. Urawa. Uh, is it a city or a team? No, that's a city. You have to give me the name of the team. Oh. <laughs> that was part of my instructions at the start of the <laughs> You're still, you're uh, still okay. worried about like, about like, uh, you know. Look, if anything happens, it's me who'll get beaten up, not you. About Turkmenistan. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, I, I took the responsibility myself. Okay, Yorawa, Yorawa, give me the answer. Which is what's Antwerp, the name of the team? No, 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 no. It's the Reds. The Reds. Isolt, oh, okay. uh, Shimizu. Shimizu is the pulses. I don't know if I can accept that. It's actually S pulse. S pulse. Oh. I can't accept it. Easily. I'm really sorry. I would look. You know, I always stretch the rules for every single one. Is S in it? Yeah, but the the S comes before the pulse, not after. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am very sorry about that. But I have to be hard sometimes. <laughs> and now Andy Mack, Kashima, Kashima. Are uh, they so? What? Did I say that right? Kashima? <laughs> Raisol? Ah, uh, that. No, no, sorry, that's antlers. Sorry, hold on, hold on. Wrong. If 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 I have if I have um, I was going to say if I spanked Isolt, if I have uh, punished Isolt <laughs> for a wrong a wrong answer, I have to punish you for that. So Andy Mack, I can't give you that. I'm sorry. It wait, is wait, antlers. Wait, wait, I heard, I I heard Kashiwa. <laughs> no, you did not. Would you stop trying to twist my words? My 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 uh, vowels and my consonants were correct. I, I can't give you. I'm sorry. Okay, right, uh, Derek, 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 Oita, Oita, Oita. Yeah, you can. what is the name? <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's the name of the team? Jesus, it's getting worse each week. All right, Oita. Uh, I have no idea to go this. Trinitat. I'm, I'm going to try it. Huh? What? No, no, no. I have no, no. I'm sorry. I can't. Gee, this is awful. Not a single. Okay, John, I'm, 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 I'm putting my house on you. Okay. This is a comeback for Cork. Okay. So, uh, this is Seanan. Seanan. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Even okay, he... I think it's sweep a cork here. No chance they're FC no. Rebels or something. No, Rebels. it's Bellimari. Bellimari. Okay, but this this is we can make history, Andrew. If you don't get this right, we've made history. The first ever zero round for uh, the capital sports for for the big five Philly quiz. Okay, Hiroshima, Hiroshima. Um. Oh dear Lord. No. God, why do I have to be the one that makes history? Hiroshima. <laughs> oh, bloody. Three, I, two, oh. one. No. No? No. No. Okay, no. I can't. Right uh, out of time. San Frecce. San Frecce. There you go. Uh, all right. Oh, <laughs> you knew it as soon as I told you the answer. Okay, right. Uh, into round number two, okay? Two points for the funniest, and I'll give you three or four for the very, very closest in the missing word. So, uh, double N for you. A tale of two what at Old Trafford? A tale of two what? I want to say cities, but I'll go with penalties. Let's try. I'm going to give you three. It's penalty decisions. Well done. I'm oh, going to okay. give you three, okay? Um, Isolt. 
The rocket's sucking what? Look, I'm just going to give this answer because I'm <laughs> Irish. It's the only phrase that I can ever hear of when I hear sucking in it. Sucking diesel, but I'm going to correct go you. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> the well done. It is sucking diesel. Well done. It's uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan. Okay, in a, in a, in a in a in a snooker tournament. Houston Rockets sucking because we've been talking about tanks. So I much. know, I know, I know, but no, I kept it really good this time. Uh, Andy Mack, Hamilton, this is Lewis, of course, Hamilton on meditation, chasing perfection, and showing his what? <laughs> oh, Favourite polling position. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you two points for it, but no, it's his human side. Okay, I, I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for you. Right. Well, that's, that's quite human, to be fair. <laughs> it, it kind of is, but not the human I'm looking for. Um, cl- okay, this is for uh, Derek. Derek, Klopp yeah. reminds Salah about what? Can I, can I give like two answers on one? I'll try. Go on, try them. I, I might be nice to you today. Go on, try. Okay. Uh, reminds me of COVID-19. Uh, you're close. You're close to it. Okay, go on. The other answer? Uh, Maybe his behavior or something, or COVID-19 behavior. Listen, um, I am going to give you a four on that. It's conduct. Conduct. Behavior, conduct. Behavior. Behavior. Okay, well done. Okay. Uh, okay. John, for you. Beckham, that's David, of course, reaches for what? He's golden balls. <laughs> I'm, going to give you, I'm going to give you two for that, but no. It's Giroud. He's trying to sign him for Inter-Miami. I, I mean, I'm... Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. That was probably my second choice. <laughs> yeah, that was like it. All right. And finally, Andrew Flint. Zidane insists Varane is what? Oh, he said something weird. It was... Oh, so it's about Manchester United's interest, isn't it? Yeah. Um, did he say something like, distransferable, untransferable, or something? Yeah. Like, he's, he's not going to move. Untra- untransferable. I yeah, it, he actually he did say that. He basically, it was translated easily into not for sale, but it was actually in uh, Spanish, and it was in French, not for sale. Okay, well done. You get four points for that. That is fair enough. Right. Finally, the final round, five points on offer for every right answer. This is something I know that uh, John Murphy is a big um, ice hockey fan, same as the rest of us. So, um, I know Derek is a big ice hockey fan. He's more of a Spartak fan, like myself as well, in ice hockey. Um, right. So, here we go. KHL facts, figures, and information double N uh, the logo or the, sorry, the motto I should say for ho- um, for the GHL is hockey is A our game or B the game so A or B our game or the game I think it's A you thought correctly well done okay so yep. you are on 8 points right now alright uh, Isolt this is going for you so the first champions of the KHL were A Akbars of Kazan or B's Siska Moscow? Uh, I'll go with Kazan. You went wisely. Well done. You have, uh, you're on nine points. Okay. So, uh, next one. Okay. So, the next one, uh, I'm just looking here, is Andy Mack. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> who is the only non Russian team to play in the KHL final? Okay. The final series. Was it A, Jokorit Helsinki or B, Lev Praha. Um, I'll say Jokorit. You should have gone with the place you used to live. It's actually Prague. Prague. 
Yeah. Uh, unlucky, Andy. I thought you had that. I did think you had it. Okay, uh, Derek, for you. Um, yep. Which team has won the most KHL titles so far? Is it A, Akbar's Kazan, or B, Ska St. Petersburg? Uh, I'll go with Kazan. Oh, you should have gone with St. Petersburg. You should have gone with St. Petersburg. Easel is celebrating there because she's leading right now on nine points. Andrew Flint is the only person who can stop her from winning. But John, you can get... No, it's you said St. Petersburg. It's Kazan one, the most. I said Kazan. You said St. Petersburg. No, I said Kazan. Folks, did he say Kazan or St. Petersburg? He did He did say Kazan. Right, then I, I miss her. I'm... Derek, I put my hands up and say I apologise. Okay, correct. Okay. You're on nine points. Okay, uh, John, for you, which former NHL star currently plays with Aftermobilist Ekaterinburg? Is it A. Vlad Kamenev or P. Pavel Datsuk? I should be not. Well done, Pavel Datsuk. Of course, well done. Five points. You're up on to seven. Well done, John. Did you see Pavel play in uh, Buffalo? Yeah, I was fortunate enough to witness that mag- magician. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Again, a legend, one of the top 100 players of all time in the NHL. Uh, Andrew Flint, you have a chance to pull even with Derek and Eastolt, okay? So, uh, who, did, who did Dinamo, okay, this is Dinamo Moscow, beat in the 2012-2013 playoffs, okay, to win the KHL? Was it A, Avangard Omsk, or B, Tractor, Chelyabinsk? I'm going to go with Tractor. You went well. You went well. The local boys, they're on nine. Yes. You're all on nine points. Okay. Uh, whoever gives me the right answer straight away for this. Okay. Um, okay. This, this is like sudden death. Okay. So uh, what is the name given to the regular season um, trophy? Okay. So you win the league. You win the, the top ranked team. So uh, this is for you, Isolt. What's your guess? Guess for the trophy. Yeah. What's it called? Cont- Continental, yes? That's right. Yes, you're correct. Well done. Okay, Derek, what is the name given to the end of season, the playoff trophy? The playoff trophy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Three seconds. Three, two, one. I need a name. The, the, the Gagarin. You're looking on Google at the moment. No, I'm not. Okay, then you're correct. It is Gagarin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually knew that as well. I <laughs> okay. Andrew, I'm going to ask this. This is a fairly easy one for you. What is the name of the team from Cheripovets? I thought you said easy. It is easy. <laughs> yeah. um, um I Honestly, I, I could try and lie, but I have no idea. I'm afraid. Okay, it is Sever Stahl. Okay, uh, I'm going to declare a draw between Eastlet and Derek, okay? Because you both did very, very well, and we're almost out of time right now. So I want to thank you all one by one uh, from top to one. Double N, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, Eastlet, thank you very much for, for our joint win today. I have a win, a loss, and a draw from the weekend. It's all good. <laughs> Andy Mack, congratulations. You kept it clean, but you finished uh, as a bottom. On the bottom. Serial lose. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Derek, congratulations as joint champion this week. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. And well pulled up as well. I Again, I apologise for mishearing you. John, thank okay. you for taking part and uh, you enjoyed it? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Alan. <laughs> okay. Hopefully you'll be back. <laughs> I listen, for sure you will be. Um, and Andrew Flynn, congratulations on finishing in third place. 
I'm delighted to take that rear in the order, but third place is good <laughs> enough for me. <laughs> all right, thank you all. All right, folks, uh, that is it for Capital Sports for this week. We're back, of course, next week. It is 40 minutes gone in that game between Liverpool and Leicester City. It is still 1-0 to the Reds. OK, folks, we're going away right now. Uh, there is a storm around Moscow a lot of snow is going to drop to minus four overnight uh, again the um, COVID cases are rising here in the city and in Russia so please take care of yourselves mask up no matter what look after yourselves you know do if you don't need to go somewhere try not to, okay so look after yourselves um, and find you a, a, a little uh, shout out to Annie Moore I hope you're listening right now so again this song is for you a very happy 15th birthday to you folks back next week I'm Alan Moore this is Capital Sports Moscow's Capital FM have a great week Capital Sports with Alan Moore Broken bottles in the hotel lobby Seems to me like I'm just scared of never feeling it again But I know it's crazy to believe in silly things But it's not that easy I remember it now, it takes me back to when it all first started But I've only got myself to blame for it and I accept it now It's time to let it go, go out and start again But it's not that easy But I've got 